Good afternoon, and I hope everybody's safe and well. School's begun, and no doubt some of you are experiencing your challenges with having kids in school or having to teach kids remotely. And as I explained in an earlier video that I made, it's not easy to change how we conceptualize what we do in the classroom. But I am trying to help you understand that the only way that we can take advantage of all that we know about what's good in education and how kids learn is to do that very thing, to reconceptualize what happens in the classroom. And to help you understand that, let me begin with a few reminders of the ground I've covered so far. So first of all, we know today that the best way to help children learn is to individualize instruction, which means to try to meet the student where the student is and help that student move forward with that, that student's learning goals. We know that the classroom is comprised of a diversity that never existed before because of all the things that have happened in the modern, postmodern world in the last 20 years. We look on a group of students that we have to teach and every student comes from a different place in so many different ways, religious, ethnic, familial background, socioeconomic. Every child is different. And so that's where the individualization that I've talked about is that much more important because we're not talking about a homogenous group of kids. We're talking about a very heterogeneous group of kids. We know that we learn best by mucking about first, that learning is a conceptual development process, and that conceptual development process happens because of the things that children play around with. They learn by doing not by listening and not by necessarily just watching. If we want our students to learn deeply, we have to give them an opportunity to muck about, to play, and then to direct that play in the direction we decide. We do decide the direction. We scaffold concepts. So whether we're talking about social studies, history, geography, math, language arts, music, physical education. Every child has a zone of proximal development all the way along through school. And every year they are reaching higher and higher. Their skill development gets better and better. The easiest way to think about that is how so many coaches train children. They don't start out, the majority of them, being able to play every sport well. 
they start out with a certain level of skill development and then coaching helps them go to the next level and then the next level and the next level. That's what scaffolding is all about. The ladder of scaffolding that takes children uh, higher and higher on their understanding of a concept. So we're talking about constructing new knowledge. We don't construct the knowledge. The brains of our students construct the new knowledge. It's that aha moment. Oh, is that how that works? Now I understand. Now I feel exactly the right way with my swing or my bat or my catch or whatever. Or the way I hold a paintbrush. So we construct that new knowledge. Every child constructs knowledge using different skills. Some children are very good mathematically, others scientifically, others through reading and thinking and watching and so forth. Bloom talked to us about, no, not Bloom, sorry, Gardner talked to us about the multiple intelligences. And when we attack a, a child's conceptual development, we need to think about what motivates that child to learn. Will they appreciate taking apart something or building something, reading something or hearing something? If we want deep learning to occur, if we want learning to be inside so that the student can come up with that new learning in another situation, we need to make sure that we're guiding that student and, and that we're helping them to think about what is taking place. So pulling all those things together, what we're talking about today, what we read about all the time is problem-based learning. We give each child or a group of children a challenge, ask them a question, and ask them how they would solve it. I know that's not easy to understand if you haven't followed a lot of the reading and if you aren't in and you're struggling to understand, but look at it this way. Most of you that are listening to this know what Lego's all about. And you know that Lego boxes come with ideas for assembling things. Those are challenges. Those are That's problem-based learning. Lego is a perfect example in terms of how children go about constructing new knowledge. You give them a challenge and you tell them, now try to put this together and ask questions of what they're doing. When I was a classroom teacher, there were a couple of challenges that I had that were key to helping you understand this process. I used to have the children make paper airplanes and fly them. And we'd have competitions. How to fold the paper, how to stand and hold the paper, what made the paper airplanes fly at a distance or not fly at all. Another we had was allowing kids to work in teams and build bridges. 
using um, uh, uh, toothpicks or popsicle sticks. You can buy popsicle sticks by the hundreds and thousands. And a lot of students had fun designing a bridge and making it so that a certain weight could go over it. A long time ago, my son participated as a cub in in making cars, little blocks, little cars, dinky toy cars of their own and racing them. And they had to design the car and they had to carve the car. That's problem-based learning. So you give the child a challenge you help them decide what the challenge is because you want them to be interested in it. Each group of children might be interested in something different. I've also taken groups of students and mixed up their abilities and then given them challenges. And then they help each other in a team. There's a skill there too. But the problem-based learning means you give them a challenge and you let them think about how they will solve it. You're there to answer their questions. You're there to help them with their problems, but you're not there to show them the finished product. And now we talk about what that finished product is. I did address this in an earlier video, and that is that there's more than one way to communicate the solutions to problems. Some children are very good at speaking. Other children are very good at making videos. They don't like being in front of a group, but they don't mind being in front of a microphone and a camera. They Some kids like to design and put up things on a display board. Every child has a different way to demonstrate their new knowledge. If you're thinking about science fairs, that's good because those were problem-based. The only problem was, from the teacher's point of view, was that we didn't help the children choose the right challenges. And so we didn't really encourage deep learning. When you give the children a chance to conduct an experiment and then respond to you in some way, fashion, what they've learned and what they conclude from their experiment, then they are processing. What they've done is being processed in their brain, and then some of what they've done will be remembered. It's not a perfect solution. Children don't do one thing once and then remember everything. And believe it or not, you can't predict what they're going to remember. That's the whole secret. You're not looking for everybody to come up with the same answer, nor everybody to report in the same way or demonstrate their new learning in a, the same way or to have the same learning at the end. It's all about the process. And then the product is secondary. 
Not every child can make a product look beautiful. That doesn't mean they haven't learned something. And that's what problem-based learning is all about. By giving kids a chance to solve a problem on their own or in a small group and then giving them a chance to talk amongst themselves and do research and experiment, they're pushing buttons in their heads, connecting concepts that have been learned before and that they will use again and again and again to help them learn and move up the scaffold of concepts. Problem-based learning. If you do nothing else as a result of listening to this, but look up PBL or problem-based learning in Google and reading about it, I'll have accomplished my goal. Thanks. And good luck.